Hornets closing this thing a little bit. Just a little bit with the Magic. Still plenty of time, though. Indeed. 5 nothing early lead for the Hawks over the, your Blazers. Yes, sir. There you go. Cam Reddish. You're bringing up Cam Reddish and, like, how much better he's been in Portland. Like, the kid's talented. He just needs, like, the opportunity. There's right. so many young players. It's not just the NBA, obviously. I mean, you see this all across sports, but situation dictates so much success for young players. Yeah, I think for someone like Cam, too, you go into a situation where there's a lot of guys on the wing that need minutes that don't necessarily play defense either, like Kevin Herter, like Bogdanovich, you're a rookie. DeAndre Hunter is there at the same mm-hmm. time as you. Just way too many wings. Yeah. He's not getting any time. He has to go to the anywhere. They somehow decide to take him uh, in the Knicks organization. And let's be honest, if you play for Tom Thibodeau, he doesn't care about how many buckets you can put up. He wants someone who plays solid team defense, who can play not only their role really well, but do it at every facet of the game and be completely connected with the team and completely bought in. And he just never really was. Coach Tibbs was giving him DMP CDs all the time, like right when he got there. He had no interest in playing Cam Reddish. Then Cam Reddish comes to practices, and he's sitting on the sidelines with just his headphones on and he's not participating. It's a bad situation. So now Portland clearly wants him, clearly needs a wing that can score. Mm-hmm. He's 6'7 with really long arms, can shoot the lights the lights out, the leather off the ball, if you will. And they're going to need him. They they have a really young team outside of Dame. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he, how he uh, adapts. I just we, we see this all the time where coaches will get somebody on their roster and then purposely not play them. And yes. it's not, you know, not a guy that's like an 11th man. Somebody that cost a first-round pick. There was actual commitment to this player, Fact. which shows a massive disconnect between the front office and the coach. Yeah. You have to know that at least there's some level of, all right, I'm in. I'm going to give him a shot. If there's the right-of-way, uh-uh, this ain't happening, what are we doing? Like, now it looks, it's fine because the Knicks are playing great basketball, but for the Knicks to make that move for Cam Reddish and give up a first-round pick and then trade him and also send another first-round pick to Portland to get rid of him yeah. after that short amount of time and he barely plays, it's unconscionable that I, they did I that. I really don't know what the deal is with that. It's, you know? it's embarrassing. It really is. But look, the team's playing well, so it's it's kind of a footnote as opposed to a major issue with them, which again shows you that, well, winning makes everything easier. Yeah. It's one of those things, man. Your opportunity matters. Yeah. There are plenty of players who are in this league that would be really good somewhere else. We don't know who they are because they're in bad situations, but we find out like, for example, Laurie Markkinen. Yeah. Laurie Markkinen was in a really bad situation in Chicago. Then they trade him. He goes to uh, Cleveland. Cleveland yeah. And he gets better there, but they've got some other long guys. They're playing three seven-footers at once. He felt like a like a good, like like a a good starter. Like, yeah, like you know, a, he's a solid starter. Yeah, like a, they would consider him to be connective tissue to a team. Yeah. Not really a star, mm-hmm. but definitely a helpful piece. He played more team defense. He was a, a guy who could get you some buckets on at the three spot when that's not really his role. Yeah. And then he plays for Team Finland and goes crazy and gets an opportunity with Utah to be the guy, mm-hmm. like the number one. Mm-hmm. And I would say every NBA team would want Laurie Markkinen right this yeah. moment. Yeah, I loved him coming out of Arizona. I was like, this yeah, kid can play. Really good. I just Chicago never used him right. Horvath's Bulls just didn't know what they were doing. Shocking. Also with Wendell Carter, which I think is when we the first one. Another of the first. one, Wendell Carter. Yeah. He's playing really well for Orlando right now. Yeah. 
I think the Magic could be a great team next year. All right, Fake News Friday. Producer Nick Berlansky created this idea, which is good because fake news doesn't make anybody upset ever. So this is no. a great way to just rile people up on a Friday. It is not polarizing yeah. in the least. No. Are we talking politics and religion here? Not quite. Okay, good. I know we're in D.C., but we're yeah. not going to get into good. that. Different L- network. When you tell, when you go traveling other places and you get like in an Uber, you meet somebody, mm-hmm. and you tell them you're from – because people always ask you, where are you from? And you say D.C. How quickly do they go to politics with you? In a nanosecond. In an instant. And I just want them to stop. You know what's crazy is that never happens to me. Are you serious or joking? Never happens. It has happened to me more times than I can count in other countries. Never happens to me. It still happens to me in my family, and they know I hate politics. My God, it's the worst. It's crazy. It never happens to me. Maybe they think I'm dumb. People think I'm dumb. You know what? It's the patriarchy, Trista. Yeah, it's the patriarchy. Maybe it's all the jewelry. They're like, she is not interested (laughs) in what Rudy Giuliani is doing or what Nancy Pelosi said. If that's what it takes next time I travel, can I borrow some of those giant chains you have? You need a grill in your mouth. Then they won't ask you anything about politics. One of those gold chains with like the the lock you have on it or whatever, paper clip. You're not asking me about that. I would be, (laughs) excuse me? Well, it's probably because you get in the back of an Uber and you're instantly on your phone going, oh my God, guys, guess what? And you're just instantly doing some angry TikTok and then that's what changes everything. I'm not angry, I'm just passionate. Well, we know. That's why we figured out why Steve Ballmer didn't want to sit by you anymore in Summer League. He was like, can she stop Can you make this young woman please stop speaking in the way that she is? Yeah. He's like, I'm loud and crazy. Just period. Yeah. Well, what we do wish people would ask us more about is the NBA, which is what there I'm going to ask you about now. True story or fake news, the Bucks and Celtics are just destined to meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Now, the caveat here is obviously health. And Milwaukee is where that's the bigger issue. We've seen Giannis deal with some injuries this year. Chris Middleton is much more of the wild card when it comes to injuries with them. But they are, when they're actually locked in, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Now, we saw at the end of last year, we saw portions of this year where they were just falling off defensively. But they're not at full strength. And it's also a team now that, not at the Warriors level, but they're kind of prioritizing the playoffs. Let's make sure we're healthy. Let's get a decent seed and let's go there. But with Drew Holiday who is one of the most underrated players in the NBA, may be the best two-way player now in the NBA. And Giannis is Giannis. There, there, there is so much talent on that. And that's just, that's the three big stars I'm talking about. We're not even going down the rest of that roster and, and what they've added and what they've been able to build there. It is absolutely a top-heavy Eastern Conference with true contenders in Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah, I think that's right, man. If you look at what these two teams do really well, uh, they're both really good defenses. Milwaukee actually is the number two defense mm-hmm. in in defensive rating, but also opponent three-point percentage. They're holding teams to like 34%. You see Boston's really good too. And both of these teams, it felt like the Eastern Conference Finals when they played last year yeah. in the semis, yep. right? You're like, I don't really care about anything else besides these two. And Chris Middleton playing against this version of the Boston Celtics will be really fun because yeah. we're going to finally get a no-holds-bar answer to who the better team is when fully healthy, fully loaded. And I really like what Milwaukee did. Mm-hmm. They said, okay, well, say Chris Middleton isn't 100%. What are we going to do? They add Joe Ingles to help with some perimeter scoring. Love Joe Ingles. He's just a yeah. bucket, man, and he helped a-, a lot with Utah when they were He's doing their tough thing. Too. Tough, tough, Talks guy. a lot of smack. Yes, he does. Really People don't realize that, how much – just trash he talks. Yeah, he's a he's a perfect Milwaukee buck. Yeah. And they got him for nothing. Then they pick up Jay Crowder, who's a really good perimeter defender as well. He can get a couple of spot up sort of knockdown threes as well. There's I call it the Jay Crowder game. It's the Jay Crowder yeah. game. That Milwaukee versus Philadelphia or uh, Phoenix game the other night yep. when they faced off. I think Jay Crowder like four or five threes, just knocking them down. 
So, yeah, I, I think Milwaukee's a better team than Boston, uh, fully healthy, especially with, with the moves that they've made, especially considering I don't think Tatum is, like, the most high-clutch guy. Yeah. And we're going to find out. I don't think there's anyone that's going to knock either of these two teams out. And so, yeah, I think destiny is about the right word to say. And I think the other leg up, and you bring that up, but I think that's really important to keep in mind, is that the Bucks have more guys that you're comfortable with taking a shot in the fourth quarter late or taking over a game yeah. that really matters. And we've seen far too much of Jason Tatum and disappearing. Yeah. And it, but I would almost say Jalen Brown is more clutch for and sure. maybe has more of that killer instinct than Jalen or Jason Tatum does. The thing about Jalen Brown is that he doesn't know how to dribble the basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really is bad. He's bad. <laughs> it was. And I had money on the Celtics uh, in the semis and the finals. Obviously, or semis and Eastern Conference finals, that is. Not the finals finals because you know our dubs. Yes, our dubs. And I was just so frustrated with him. Multiple times going downhill, can only go one way, can't cross over, has absolutely no handle package for as small as he Mm -hmm. is, and all of a sudden turns the ball over. So this is the Celtics' DNA. They have issues with that. Marcus Smart can make some bad decisions. We know that. I don't trust. I don't trust their depth. I, I like Derek White a lot. I obviously like Mike, Malcolm Brogdon. That pickup was huge. But outside of that, I don't really trust these guys to go out and get a bucket down the stretch like I do Giannis yeah. or Drew yes. or Middleton or even Joe Ingles from mm-hmm. the corner. Yeah. Those two teams are a tier above, and I think that's yes. what yeah. both of you guys said. I think there's also a pretty clear second tier as well. So I want to ask you guys, True story or fake news, the Cavs are more of a threat in the East than the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, I think yes. Yeah, I, I hate to agree on both of these mm-hmm. because I'd like to be a contrarian just for the hell of it, but I can't. I still think they're a year away. But I, here's the thing. If you told me, if you threw, a, there could be a couple other teams in the East maybe you threw in there that I would maybe say yeah, yes over the Cavs. I just don't trust Philadelphia and James Harden and Doc Rivers. Joel Embiid, maybe. But I, we've seen this movie time and time again with, yep. with James Harden. Now I get it. He's a slightly different player now, and he's more of a, a facilitator. And yada, great. Yada, yada. But they're actually going to need him to go out and score in the playoffs. They're going to need him to be a threat to get 25 at least in a game. They're going to need him to be a consistent score and aggressive and not be passive. And we saw that where he looked completely disinterested in the playoffs last year, especially against Miami. Then you had a couple of games where it's like he snapped out of it and then went right back to where it was again. And Doc Rivers, time and time again, look, I love the guy. Players love to play for him, but let's be honest. He has had more letdowns in the playoffs than any guy that's been put in the, like, all-time great coach category. And when I say that, he's been coaching forever and has had a lot of success in the regular season. He is a good regular season coach. You get to the playoffs, it does not work. And, I look, I have no problems with him defending himself like he did last year and all the teams that blew 3-1 deficits, and that's fine. Like, you get, you absolutely have the right to say, well, here's the deal. This is how it went, and that's fine. But the reality of it is the, is the record. He won a title with Boston, and that's it. And this Sixers team, the Clippers, have all underachieved under his watch, especially with the Clippers when, I mean, he tra- he helped construct that team. He's even worse when it comes to player personnel, building a team. So I, I would love to, I believe we, I, like, I'm with you on like the Cavs are a year away because young teams have to go through those bumps and bruises. They got to go through some of those losses, but they, I just don't trust the Sixers. Yeah, and I think the, the defining difference is Donovan Mitchell for me. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell, I think, is more clutch than any of the Philadelphia 76ers in the playoffs, including Joel Embiid. And I love Joel Embiid. He's an absolute Iron Man. 
But is he going to be injured again and playing at 70%? Right. Are we going to see a James Harden who's got a hamstring issue? Or are we going to see, like, fully loaded? I, I, to me, think that the Cavs are a bigger threat than the Sixers in the East. Yeah, Nick, we need harder questions next time. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's really work harder hard. later a in the show. For the next one. I want harder, harder questions later in the show from you. Yeah. <laughs>